0: You how this came to me. I was out walking my dog <clears throat> as I do. And and it's good it's good to see some of our neighbours here this morning i have come out. It's great to see us and Neil and Lisa and Dave and Tracy and the children. And he'd see me sometimes walking down with a dog. Well, I go out praying. As he swims, I pray as you know, church. And I was just praying for you. And things were coming to my mind. People were coming to my mind. Situations were coming to my mind. And as a pastor, circumstances were coming to my mind. And the weak and faith were coming to my mind. The wayward was coming to my mind. The lost of the village and our nation was coming to my mind. I was just praying and praying. And the church... You're, you. This assembly in general came to my mind, obviously. And I pray for the assembly every day. I think about this every day, nearly all day sometimes. And as I was praying, I says, Lord, will you equip them? And will you teach them? And I felt the Lord saying to me, no. I've already told you that's your job. So the scripture came that I'm about to read and was quoting it to the Lord. That's how I speak to the Lord. So if you've ever walked over those feet, you see me talking to myself, I'm not, I'm talking to the Lord. And I walk over there where there's none about. And I was quote, started quoting God's word to him and he was coming back to me. That's how he would, just the word comes and I start praying the word back to him. And this is the word that came to me and I prayed back to him. And so I had written this and still finished some of it yesterday. But this will be an introduction for you, okay? Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, and just for time's sake, we will keep your Bible open to. Uh, for time's sake, let's just run down to verse. <clears throat> excuse me. To verse eight. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by sleight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And even, Lord, the reading of your word, Lord, it's different than man's word. The reading of your word is rich. The reading of your word is spiritual. The reading of your word is powerful. The reading of your word is beautiful. The reading of your word causes us to see another realm in higher places, Lord, and deeper things. That there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, And, oh, Lord, there's a service to walk in and Christ to grow up into. Father, help your people Help every one of us this morning to take thy word and to apply it to every heart and into every situation. And Lord, we'll give you the glory for what you do and for what you have done. For Jesus' name's sake, I ask it, Father. Amen. So let me get a drink. Notice this. Verse 11. And he gave some. Notice, apostles... And some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. I note that five ministries are mentioned here. (coughs) Five gifts are mentioned here. We we are known, uh, in certain theological circles, it's known as the hand of God in the church. Noticing these five is known as the hand of God in the church. What do I mean? First of all, it's mentioned the apostle, the thumb, the strength of the hand. Then there is the prophet, the pointer, thus and thus saith the Lord. Then there is the evangelist, the longest finger outstretching and reaching out. Then there is the complimentary one, the pastor, that comes alongside the others to grip. And then there is the teacher, that comes alongside the ministry of the pastor. And if you notice this, sometimes we call it the five-man ministry, but really it's not. There's four men here in the Greek New Testament. There's five gifts mentioned. And the four-man ministry are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors. Pastors and teachers, if you notice, it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some teachers and Our pastors and teachers. These two are used in the one. Every pastor, every pastor should be a teacher. And if you're not learning the word of God, and if you're not learning about the Lord Jesus Christ, then your pastor isn't doing his job right. If I don't teach you the word of God, people would say, why do you teach so much about the word of God? And I've been asked that. Even my own wife says, Ken, where do you spend days in your study whenever you can just go and preach the word sometimes? And it's not meaning for me not to study. The reason is I spend so long in my study that I may come and break the bread of life to you. A painter, a builder, can only build as high as a scaffolding is. And if my scaffolding is no higher than the person as a pastor, a teacher, is no higher than the people who sit in the pew, uh, then how am I meant to lead you and teach you? Notice this. There are five apostles first, the hand of God in the church, the ministry in the church. Apostles govern. Let me give you a briefly, and we'll look at it maybe a bit this morning and more next week in the Lord's well. Apostles are the governors, as it were, in the church. Apostles would church plant. Now, we're talking about the 12 apostles, but separate from the 12 apostles. The apostles of the Lamb are the 12 that we read who followed Christ and were there at his ascension. The apostles here we're speaking of also are the apostles of the ascended Lord Jesus. The apostles of, who came after that. It wasn't just 12 and the apostleship died out. Apostleship is in the church. It's set in the church. And the ascended uh, apostles of the ascended Christ, when he went into the heavens, the apostles of the ascended Christ, uh, they are church planters. They take a church from nothing and build a church up. But it's not just to have people. It's to set a church in place and see ministry grow and people grow in their ministry that's apostleship and it's, they bring a, a spiritual authority to raise that up then what we have are the prophets so the apostles govern the prophets guide thus saith the Lord thus saith the Lord well look at this in detail more where a priest as it were in the Old Testament brought the people unto God they brought the blood and it was shed and they went into the holy place they brought the blood onto God The prophet was the one who was in the holy place with God and brought God to the people. The office and the gifting of prophecy is to build God's church up and to guide them in God as well. That's just it in a nutshell now. There's a lot more. And whenever we read, notice in our chapter here, verse 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. Another story is leading captivity captive. That's a totally different story in itself. So we'll leave that for another day. But this is speaking of the ascended Lord giving gifts into this church. So when you look at it, what does this mean? That picture given here is a high priest of Israel going into the temple, walking through the temple court going behind, there was a first big curtain, and they went behind the curtain, and then into the second room, and right in behind the, th- the, the second curtain, which was the holy place, or the holiest of all, or the most holy. There was the Ark of the Covenant, and that's where God says, there I will meet with thee, and speak there unto thee. In other words, God says, if you want to meet me, you come to me my way, not yours. If you want to speak to me, you speak to me as I... Have set forth. Meet me at the Ark of the Covenant. Send in your high priest. Shed blood and sprinkle it on the lid or the mercy seat of the covenant. He says, and I'll meet you there. Nowhere else. Can you imagine that in the whole world? In fact, in the whole of the universe. There was a little room, probably 12 foot or so, cubed, 12 foot by 12 foot by 12 foot high. And he says, if you want to meet me, you meet me there. See, salvation is a narrow way. And we can't come to God through every faith and every religion and through who we are. God says, if you want to know me, if you want to meet me, if you want to fellowship with me, you must do it there. And then the whole universe... Not only our planet, but think about this. In the, in the desert, in the middle of the desert, in a badger skin tent, behind two veils or a curtain, the Lord says, I'll meet you there. You know what that shows me? The very depths that our God would come down to in order to fellowship with you and I. that he would come right to where we are because we can't go to where he is. That he would come into a desert, then he would go into a badger-skin tent, that he would come right in and his glory would come down there and he would speak to the high priest. He would accept the blood offering. So he says, you come here, the blood's on the lid or the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. He says, and when I see the blood on the mercy seat in the whole universe... In the whole of this planet, there's nowhere else you'll find me. Nowhere else you can come to me. Yet I'm omnipresent. I'm everywhere. But if you personally want to know me and find me and talk to me and be with me, if you want to see my glory, he says, I'll meet you there. Don't expect me to meet you somewhere else. Do you know that Ark of the Covenant? It had in it that... uh, the pot of manna that God fed Israel with in the wilderness. That manna from heaven, is the bread that he fed them with. And do you know that it also had iron's rod that budded and blossomed and it bloomed when others didn't? A stick, a dry stick, a rod, and he brought it to life, made it flower. And also had the tables of the commandments Inside this golden box. Why would God say, I'll meet you there? I'll tell you why. Because all of it foreshadowed and prefigured his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, Regarding the manna, I am the bread of life. Jesus also came and he kept the law of God that we couldn't keep, that we have broken. Jesus also says, I am the resurrection and the life. The dead stick was brought to life. And he says, these are going to be a foreshadowing of what I'll do in a greater measure when my son comes. And so the high priest went in once a year. And he shed blood and sprinkled it on the furniture and on the mercy seat. And so he wears Israel in the 12. There's a breastplate on him of A bronze, golden breastplate here. And he had 12 stones on it with the 12 names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And the breastplate was called the breastplate of judgment. Showing the judgment that we're under because we've broken God's law. Shows the judgment that God has. and, And the wrath of God would come down upon this ark. The glory that would consume a man and a woman. That when a man and a woman come and stand in his presence, unless they're saved, they'll be consumed in his presence. So here is the high priest, the sinner, representing the people, Israel. And he comes into this holy place once a year and he sprinkles the blood on the the lid of the mercy seat or the ark of the ark. And and he, he sprinkles the blood and God comes down in glory and God comes down upon it in fire. And the only thing that stops the high priest being totally consumed by God is the blood on the mercy seat. Here's the sinner. Here's the mercy. Here's the power of God. And he stands there trusting in the blood. Nothing else. He's no other method. He's no other way. And if there's no blood, he better not go in because he'll stand before God and God will consume him with his presence. Prefiguring Christ. Do you know they used to tie a rope around the high priest. And he used to walk in with a bell and then a pomegranate and a bell and then a pomegranate and then a bell and a pomegranate right round his garments as he went in. The whole way around. So when he walked in, his garments would swish about from left to right like this, you would hear a tune coming from the bells and the pomegranates. So they fed him in and they stayed outside this curtain, this great big uh, wall of of cloth, as it were, badger skin. Then in the temple, it was the same. And they fed him in. And here he is standing because if this priest went in without blood, he couldn't come out alive. God seen him in his sin and consumed him in it. God seen him as he was and consumed him in it. So what they used to do was they had a stood with the rope and they had have listened at the curtain. Can you hear him? Is he still alive? And the only way they knew that the high priest was still alive was the noise of the bell and the pomegranate making a singing sound as he walked through the place and he ministered in that little room. And they had the rope in case he died. They just pulled him out with the rope. Do you know when our Lord Jesus... Came and died on the cross, fulfilled the law. Do you know when our Lord Jesus shed his blood for us? That when we are trusting in the finished work of Christ, when we are trusting and covered by faith in the blood of the Lamb, that He is here in our reading, word for, when He ascended up on high, it means that He is like our great. High priest. He is like the high priest of Israel and he ascended into heaven and as he ascends into heaven he stands before the Father in heaven. There's a man in the glory right now and he's praying and he's interceding. That's what was said this morning. I Have an advocate. And he prays for you and I and he goes up offering his own blood. As a covering and a cleansing for you and I, our sin. That when you and I stand before Him, we will not be judged and consumed. Because you know what God will look at? He looks at the man and woman outside of Christ and He sees them in their sin. And sin must be paid for and judged. But when I'm, the Lord looks at like of those of us who are in Christ and saved, he sees us in his Son, and he sees the blood He shed. And we, you and I, we will enter his kingdom and into his heaven. He ascended up and high. He went in like our great high priest. He gave gifts unto men, spiritual gifts and blessings. Now, when the high priest went in behind that second veil and had the pomegranate and the bell and the pomegranate all around him, and as his garments moved, they made a noise. They could tell the high priest was alive by the sound of the bell and the pomegranates. So here, brothers and sisters, how do you and I this morning tell that our high priest is alive, the Lord Jesus Christ? How do we know he's risen from the dead? How do we know he's standing in the glory? How do you know he's presenting himself as a sacrifice? How do you know he's offering his own blood for you and I? Because the word tells us. But can we know even further? The answer is yes. By the sound of the bells and the pomegranates. It's the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We had it this morning in our church. And it lets us know that our great high priest is alive and well. The gifts Of the Holy Ghost are the sounds of the ringing of the bells and the pomegranates. The gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Here we have, He ascended up on high and gave gifts unto men. Now notice this. The five ministry gifts that we have mentioned are giftings to the church. I want you to try... When you try and understand this and draw close to me to try and just figure out how to put this over. Look at Ephesians 4 and verse 8 again. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto men. Look at verse 11. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So he's telling us the gifts he gave. Does that mean an apostle is just the gift? What a gift? That's not what it means. It's the ministry in the apostle. It's the ministry in the prophet. It's the ministry in the evangelist. It's the ministry in the pastor, teacher. The ministry started with the 12 apostles of the Lamb. You know, Peter, James, and John, and so on. And when he ascended, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost descended... Gave gifts unto men. But the word here goes further. The word for gifts here is not the same. It goes further. Notice what it says here. He gave and he gave some. In other words, it gives the idea of variety. And it gives the idea that it was spread out. That it was more than the twelve. The word here, gifts, in the Greek New Testament... Is not the word charisma. You know, we talk about the gifts of the spirit, and that's the word charisma. Uh, it's where, it's like it's a, it's close to the word grace for charis or charis. It's where you get the word charismatic. Someone's very charismatic, or a charismatic uh, a charismatic church. That's where you get the word from. But here, it is not the word for the gifts of the spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 11. It's not the same word. This word here, it lends, if you want, a greater character. How can I put this across to you? It gives the idea of the character of the gift, not the beneficiary of the gift, or the benefits of the gift. In other words, what is this gift? Not what we get from this gift, or do with this gift, but the grounding off at first. You see, when God saves us, when the Lord Jesus died for us and the Father drew us through his spirit, whenever we came to saving faith in Christ, God starts to ground you in him. To ground you. Now, it's the growing up from that grounding. I'm glad I've got a builder in again this morning because you're going to understand this, Neil. I've used you twice already. The word here for gifts is not charisma, but doma, doma, okay? and Let me explain this. Uh, The word doma is very closely and akin to the word demo or demo. So the word demo, uh, it gives the idea to build, to build. It's where you and I get our word demonstration from. So the idea is here that you know what it is to demonstrate something, you show how it's done. You go and you get a a car and you take it out for a a test drive and it's a demonstration car. It tells you everything about that car. And someone will sit beside you, car can do this, that, and the other, and it works here, there, and this is the way this car is, and this is how it was built, and, and so on. And it demonstrates what the other cars are the same. Or if you see a demonstration card before the rest come out, they're saying, do you want to buy one of these? They're coming out next year, so on. To demonstrate something. This is the word here. So we give gifts, or the the doma means there's a quality in it, speaking about it, and it demonstrates something. It's also not only for the word to demonstrate, but it's the word demolish. To demolish. Demo. So when the Lord Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave Doma gifts, demonstration gifts unto men. Now here churches where you and I need to look into our own hearts. Brother, sister, stay with me here to assure you this. We need to look into our own hearts. We need to look into our own hearts as a, an individual believing Christian. We need to look into our hearts as an assembly, a gathered assembly, a local expression here in Donna Cloney of the body of Christ. And the church general, universal, that is the blood wise church, could look at itself and see how far we are falling and have fallen from what Christ had established in the first century. We're a pale shadow of it. Unfortunately. The word here, he gave gifts, speaks of those gifts. He gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And it's been known, there's no apostolic man I was friendly with called Ronald Jess. And he used to tell me about this. He used to say, son, do you know you're a gift? (laughs) I say, in Belfast, Ron, that means something different. That means you're easy. That means you wipe your eye. You're a gift. He says, you're a gift to the church. I says, well, you better not tell the church that. And what it means is God places something in people to teach and to feed and to lead and to guide. And listen, I'm going to show this next week in God's will. It's not for a religious hierarchy. Did you hear that? It is not to do with colours, And it's nothing to do with cloaks and robes. And, and fish fishmater hats. And big crooks. And rings to kiss. It's nothing to do with popery and the stuff of it. It's got nothing to do with that. It's to do with men set and placed in the church. That they may feed the church of God. Which he's purchased with his own blood. And they go and do likewise. That's what it's for. The apostle sets it up. And the prophet comes alongside, starts pointing the way, and then the evangelist goes out and gathers up. But it's not just one man. It's ministry being raised up in new brother, and new sister. And the pastor comes alongside and pens the sheep and teaches them the word. And what happens? Those sheep who have been brought into the fold, those sheep, they start to form and they start to grow up Into what? Into the person of Christ. They start to become Christ-like. They start to, listen, demonstrate. It's the word. God has given you, brother and you sister, the ability to go out there and demonstrate something of Christ to a lost and dying world. To demonstrate his love and his grace and his mercy. But to demonstrate his power through prayer. Through his word. So we must look at our own individual hearts. I'm going to wrap this up and close now, and we'll do another week. I'm only getting my teeth into it. We need to look at our own individual hearts and say, Lord, that for which you have saved me for the gifting you've placed within me. Am I growing up in my salvation? Am I growing up into Christ? And I say this with the greatest respect and reverence to our Lord. And I mean that from my heart. The will of the Father is that you would be so much like his son that he would have millions of sons and daughters walking around this world. Now let's have a little check. When I speak with my mouth, am I like Jesus? more like Diabolus the devil where I bring myself with my feet am I growing up to be like him when I show my heart is it more with an attitude that's stinking and rotten or is it with an attitude of love touching this next week. When the devil comes to tempt me, test me, and to try me, am I an overcomer like his son was in the wilderness? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. If we are living for our get and our gain and our lifestyle, if we are living for our monetary worth, if we are living for our best of jobs and putting Christ in the back burner, if we are living for homes and houses and cars and even family, and Christ is nowhere in our life, then you are living wrong and not growing up into his son. first, first, Jesus first. It's what God expects, and it's what God demands. You know, when we look at this, it challenges us, doesn't it? Challenge me. It challenges us and we look at this we sort of think well Lord where am I with you but that's a good thing because next week we're going to love uh, look at how he loves and we're going to look at some of the words I'm going to take it right out and it's going to bless you encourage you if I had an hour half an hour you'd be walking out here leaping walking and leaping and praising God instead of challenge but there you are that's the way we're saying longer because that's how the spirit led us this morning but let me say this When we go out there challenge, the Lord says, well, here's what I've placed in you. Are you hiding your gift and burying it? Are you putting it under a bushel, your light under the bushel that none can see it? Have you allowed those things to come in and dampen your spirit before him? Well, next week we're going to look at all these words, how we're here to equip the church for these things. And God willing, I think need three weeks of this now. When he ascended and high, gave, gave, led captivity, captives and gave gifts unto men. Do you know why he's given us these gifts? Why he's placed them in us and raises us up? Not only for our next generation, but do you know why? Because see, from the birth of Christ, right through to the resurrection and ascension of Christ that we've spoke about this morning, the devil tried to hinder him. The devil tried to stop him. The devil tried to destroy him. And you're going to see that. I'm going to show you that. And so when Christ ascends, he says, now those who are to grow up like me, the devil's going to want to hinder you. The devil's going to want to stop you. The devil's going to want to destroy you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Hello? Everybody's singing. hey, we'll be done on earth, but I'm thinking of, I'll fly away, oh glory, I ain't going to heaven. No, you're not. You're going to be here. And he has you here now, and you'll be coming to here. Well, not Donna Cloney, you know what I mean. (laughs) On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. See the word evil? We'll look at that too. The word evil isn't just there in the Greek New Testament. It doesn't stop there. It says, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from Satan himself. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And that's what we're equipping people that the devil will not come to steal, kill, and destroy you and your faith and your walk, but rather that you will grow up into him and we will be like him, the body of Christ upon this earth. Bless his name this morning. So that's a wee introduction for you this morning. We trust God will bless his heart and challenge every one of us this morning. Challenge me from the start started writing this.